Jude, verse 20 through verse 25. Today we will be coming from the book of Jude and we will be reading verses 20 through verse 25. You all don't have to stand for the reading of God's word, but if you would reverence in your hearing, when you have it, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. And all of God's people said, Amen. Examining our present day Western church culture, we have an array of conferences and and courses you can sign up for on everything from marriage, workshops, single conferences, prophecy conferences, and church growth, just to name a few. However, I don't hear a lot of marketing. I don't hear a lot of advertisement on the same scale to the subject of evangelism. Evangelism. The assignment and art of sharing the gospel and the message of Jesus. In other words, winning souls. Someone may say that I mentioned church growth, so church growth conferences. Isn't that it? But oftentimes church growth and evangelism is not the same thing. Church growth can often heavily be connected to getting people connected to church membership more than Jesus himself. And yes, we want people to join our church, but someone becoming a part of our local church is just a byproduct or even secondary at best to the goal. Our goal is to get people connected to Jesus. Look at somebody tell them, get connected to Jesus. Don't join our church and you'll miss some wonderful people, but don't meet Jesus and you will miss eternity. See the tactics of church growth often cater to church people. The marketing of it, the flyers, the end result is often producing people that just move from one church to another. I know this may not be the right message to preach. And instead of kingdom growth, it becomes kingdom transplants. And yes, transitions happen in life. Geographically, economically, you have to move for a job, go into school. Spiritual transitions happen where you have to obey God and go where you are fed. But today I'm not talking about those people. My question is, what about the lost souls? Yes, our preaching is to inspire believers, strengthen the saints, revive the soldiers. But what about those who don't know him? 
those who sit at home every Sunday, those who either don't believe or agnostic concerning they, what they call religion. And when I say they don't know him, I'm not saying they never heard the name Jesus, but I'm talking about someone who's not in an intimate relationship with him. We know these people. No, we know these people. You know them. What are you talking about? We, we go to work with them. We go to school with them. We know these people. They're in our families. But here we are going to our wonderful centers of spirituality and getting spiritually fat while they starve from a lack of bread. My message today is entitled, Look at your neighbor and shall tell them. Here we are being light to light, testifying one to another. Hmm. At the same time, there's a generation fumbling in the darkness of their wokeness. So why is it that we don't share? Why is it that we don't share? Well, I believe there are many reasons why believers live with a muzzle over their mouth concerning their faith. Number one, because many are not persuaded themselves. It's hard to convince someone of something that you are not convinced of yet. Many churchgoers are fans of Jesus, may even be a follower of his teaching, but a great number are not disciples. Fans will cheer when it looks like you're winning. Followers will follow as long as it benefits them. But disciples have taken on the discipline of their instructor. Somebody shall tell them. Apostle Paul says, I am persuaded that I'll let nothing separate me from the love of God. Ask your neighbor, are you persuaded yet? Paul's passion and delivery of the gospel was so strong that King Agrippa himself said, you almost persuaded me to be a Christian. Listen, a grace of persuasion exudes from those who are persuaded. Many people don't share the gospel because of fear. Fear what? The fear of rejection. But always remember this, and I shared this with Pastor Westgate the other night, the mailman never worries how you're going to respond to the mail. He does his job. He drops it off and leaves the decision up to you. Scream at somebody, tell him it's not about you tell your neighbor just drop the mail drop the mail drop the mail in snow in rain drop the mail drop the mail the bible says in the parable of the great feast in luke chapter 14 that the man sent his servant to invite people to the feast and many declined and made excuses the servant did what he was commanded and when he did what he was commanded to do, the table was still not full. As a servant of God, your job is to give the invitation. Because if they reject it, they didn't reject you. They rejected the one 
that sent you. <sighs> Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22, to the weak, I became weak so I could gain the weak. I am made all things to all people that I might by all means get some saved. Paul, one of the greatest preachers in history said, after I've done all I can do to win souls, only some I will win. But what if the sum is your assignment? Hmm. What if your assignment, hallelujah, is to win the sum, but fear got you silent? You talking about everything else. Bringing up the weather. Talking about the stock market. Talking about sports. Discussing politics. But what about Jesus? I'm going to preach the gospel today. Somebody shall tell them. Then there are many of us who will sit in the room and say, well, that's really not my calling. Because according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. All of us are not evangelists. Bishop, I'm an introvert. I'm really not evangelistic. That's not my grace. That's not my anointing. That's not my call. But when you look a little closer at another letter of the same writer in the book of Timothy, he told him, do the work. You don't have to be called to be an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. You ain't got to have a preacher's title or a preacher's collar, but do the work. I need you to look at your section and tell them the Lord is talking to all of us. Do the work of an evangelist. You see the word evangelist means to bring tidings. It means to be an advocate for the gospel. And many of us are more of an advocate for our sorority, our fraternities, our clubs, our sports team. But do people know you represent Jesus? Are you a closet Christian? Are you a closet believer? Are you one of them? Are you a tongue talker? Are you Holy Ghost filled? Or are you blending? Because you don't want your presence to intimidate environments. Mm. Now, which one of us who are saved don't feel like it's our assignment? This is not the hour to live out your faith quietly. L-O-L. Live out loudly. Everybody else is being bold about their lifestyle choices. Everybody else is being bold about what they drink and what they smoke. I live in D.C. and people don't even hide the blunts. They don't even hide the weed. So how is it that when it comes to Jesus, we got to whisper? Come on, we got to be quiet. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you here love being saved? Well, when you love something, you want everyone to know it. And you want everyone to experience it. So my question is, you might not shout off of this message, but I want you to hear what the Lord is saying. If you really love the Lord and you love being saved, who are you working on? 
Who are you reaching for? Who are you pulling on? Paul says, the reason why I'm so loud about this, because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. If it's your testimony, I want you to testify to somebody. Tell them, I'm convinced that it works. I'm convinced of this Jesus thing. Just in case you're in this room and you think I got something up my sleeve by preaching about this and by being a preacher, let me tell you something. If I'm deceiving you, I'm the first one deceived. If I'm passing out Kool-Aid, I want you to know I'm drunk off of the Kool-Aid because I believe in this. I wasn't there 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross, but every time I close my eyes in worship, I see it all over again. I know it was the blood. It was the blood that saved me. And before I take away from it, I add more to it. Yes, I'm a Jesus freak. Yes, I'm a holy roller. Yes, I'm a tongue talker. Yes, I'm a demon chaser. I love Jesus. I need to hear the sound of somebody shout, tell them. Hey, other moments. I'm sorry, I didn't mean Hey, hallelujah. If it's your testimony, tell somebody I remember when he saved me. How come on, tell somebody I remember when he filled me with the Holy Ghost. I remember when I went in the water, I stepped in the water, and the water was cold. It chilled my body and not my soul. Tell somebody, tell them, tell them. I was drinking and I couldn't stop drinking. I was smoking and I couldn't stop smoking. But he took the taste out of my mouth. Scream at somebody, shout, tell them. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Tell them. I'm finished now. Finish it. Tell them. Testify. 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 I want you to put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Tell them, testify and they'll live. But keep your mouth closed and they may die. You testify and they may live. But if you be silent, they may die. Somebody shall tell them. seven people tell them tell them tell them yes this is one of those messages where God want to get in your chest this is one of those messages that God wants to put an apostolic mandate on you this is one of those messages why he's he's giving you an opportunity you either got to say something or just shut up but let the redeemed of the Lord let the redeemed of the Lord let the Say so, say so, say so. I got to tell it. I got to tell it. I said I won't go tell nobody, but I could keep it. Oh, somebody shout, he's real, he's real, he's real in my soul. So many people doubt him. I can't live without him. So, 
myself. I'm, I'm from, I'm from a large city called Gretna. I know Gretna. I know grit. I know hurt. I know Alta Vista. I know Gladys. And some of y'all say y'all know Gladys and Alta Vista, but I'm going to say one more name. I know Hodges. Okay. So y'all, okay. So y'all really know. I know Long Island, Neruna, Renan. So Jabba. Shaco. So, I know the nuances of that community. But I was out of town recently. And Enoch says to me, I said, Enoch, I want to get something to eat. He says, well, Bishop, there's a place in Alta Vista you need to eat at. And I said, uh, don't y'all get mad at me, but I was like, Alta Vista? There's, there's nothing in Alta Vista. I know Alta Vista. He said, I said, what's the name of it? He says, I don't know the name of it. He said, but the food is really good. And I said, you know, I don't know. He says, if you trust me, they got fried fish and they fry it really fresh. And she got, I said, ah. So I said, okay. I go not because of the place I go off of the recommendation of the person I'm with you know what I'm talking about the way he talked about it the way he communicated it because he wasn't talking about what he heard he was talking about his own experience and because of his experience before I ever got there I wanted it before I ever tasted it I decided and the way we talk about him you got to tell people again oh taste and see that the Lord is good look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I tried him It's called Main Street Buffet. Today's text is from the penultimate book of the New Testament, Jude. The author introduces himself as the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. But what is ironic and worth mentioning is that this James that he's the brother of is also actually the brother or the half-brother of Jesus. So not why I say, hey, I'm Jude, the brother of Jesus Christ and, and James. I mean, if Jesus was your brother, wouldn't you name drop? But Jude is making a point here. He's letting us know that his natural connection to Jesus does not supersede his revelation of Jesus' divinity. Hear me? He's communicating to us that it's not about your personal identity, it's about your message. 
This letter is believed to be an encyclical letter. In other words, this letter was not necessarily to a particular audience, but was to be circulated to all believers. Somebody shout, everyone needs to hear this. It's a short letter, but it's not about how many words you use, but it's how you use the ones you do. He warns the Latter-day Church from false teachers and those who would come in and pervert the gospel, telling you it don't matter how you live. He challenges us to contend for the faith. And in the text we read today, he tells us in verse 20, all right, build yourself up. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So he's saying all these warnings and all of this and then he says, okay, build yourself up on your holy, most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when I see for him to say, build your faith up, praying in the Holy Ghost, it almost looks like a boxer preparing in the ring. Like, really, like, in other words, it's like, prepare for something big, something important, something spiritual. Because I'm going to tell you, the sedation of the enemy over our generation and over our culture, it's spiritual. It's almost like a fog and a mist had been released. See, we keep on waiting for the devil to come in like, I am the Antichrist. It don't happen like that. He gets and entwines himself in the school system, in the textbooks. He smooths into our social media. He's a serpent spirit. No legs, but always crawling and slivering. Always bringing us to compromise. He said, build yourself up. Build up your spiritual immune system. Because even in the last days, even the very elect will start slipping if God don't keep us. Hallelujah. Don't y'all look at me like this. After a while, your questions start turning into punctuations, like periods and exclamations. You better build yourself up. Then in verse 21, he says, stay in the love of God. God loves you. Stay in it. Stand in it. Take the cap off. Receive his love because those who stay in his love receive his mercy. <laughs> Verse 22. And he says, and to those who are lost or questioning their faith, going wayward, a little back and forth, backsliding. For some of them, some of them use compassion. Let them know we've all been there. Somebody shall tell them. Tell them God understands. Rub that back and tell them, I know you got questions, but God loves you. I know you, I know you trapped in a little cycle right now, but God is merciful. Tell them. The Bible says, because for some of them, that compassion, it'll make a difference. Yeah. God loves you. It's okay. God's giving you an opportunity. He says, for some, do that. But then Jude says, for others, Save them with fear. Oh, I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. Because see, what happens is we got people either on one extreme or the other. All fire and brimstone and no love. Or all teddy bear Jesus and no warning. The Bible says Jesus was full of grace and truth. All truth but no grace will kill somebody. 
but all grace with no truth will let somebody die. He said, tell them. Tell them what? Uh, tell them, yes, God understands. But snatch them out of the fire. Tell them that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Tell them God is going to judge the quick and the dead. I know y'all said only God can judge me. Remember, one day he will. Tell them hell is enlarging itself every day. Tell them they have a charge to keep and a God to glorify. Tell them run, run and don't look back. Tell them run for your life. Somebody shall tell them. Tell them pride leads to destruction and it comes before the fall. Somebody shall tell them. Tell them there's a way that seems right unto man but the end thereof is destruction. Somebody shall tell them. Tell them it's appointed to every man to die and it doesn't matter who got your body. Whether it's Stark, Miller, Spiller, home, whether it's Davis and Turner, the question is not who's got your body. The question is where is your soul? Somebody shall tell them. Who is them? Tell your family. If you love them, tell your friends. If you love them, tell your co-workers. Tell the person in the elevator. Tell the waiter at the restaurant. Somebody shall tell them. Tell them from the uttermost to the guttermost. Jesus saves. Tell them there is a hell and you don't have to go. Somebody shall tell them Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Somebody shall tell them Jesus saves. Somebody shall tell them he's a healer. Somebody shall tell them he's a deliverer. Somebody clap their hands and shall tell them Stand, please, stand, stand, stand. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Woe unto me. Woe. Woe unto me. If we make church a museum of our trophies and we're not winning any souls. Yes, we enter the worship, but we got to depart to serve. Everybody not hearing me preach. So if I can't preach at your job, but you can. And I know it's awkward sometimes. Like, yeah, they called him for rain this week. Did, did you watch the finals? Yeah, I already knew. I already knew. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell. Push through the awkwardness. And say, hey, how are you in Jesus? Oh, yeah, I grew up. No, no, and I asked you about church. How are you in Jesus? I just been meaning to ask you, like, Oh man, I'm not really into organized religion. Oh, I didn't ask you about religion. 
How are you in? How are you in Jesus? So instead of consuming ourselves on how to uh, to learn all of these nuances of spiritual gifts, let's focus on gifts so we can win souls. I want you to prophesy. I mean, and Moses says, I wish that all of you were prophets. And I believe the prayer of Moses is fulfilled. I believe we're all prophetic. But what's the point of the prophetic with us just stimulating one another? I want you to be prophetic enough to stand at the cash register and look at a woman who's not even giving you eye contact. And when you say, how are you doing? Good, good. It says, hold on. Do you have kids? Yeah, why? I don't know. Do you mind if I pray for your children? They'll be like, what made you ask? I don't know. I just feel well. My son just got arrested last night. It don't matter if the church people are not there to capture it. Win a soul. Win a soul. Win a soul. Snatch him. He says, snatch him out of the fire. Snatch him. Woo. Yeah, I want you to have the sermon, but not to look around and at each other in church. See, something ain't right about her spirit. Have the sermon to see somebody at work and pick up hold on he's smiling but he's going through divorce and he's been contemplating suicide and say hey after work today uh do you let's can you mind let's go grab something to eat like uh oh okay have that sermon win a soul snatching them out of the fire so my mother loved those mafia gang uh, movies and stuff. I don't. <laughs> I think because my life seems like a mafia movie. <laughs> I'm always dodging bullets. So when I do watch movies, I like to watch animations. Don't judge me. I love cartoons. And one of my favorite cartoons is Toy Story. And I remember going to the movie theater and breaking out into tears and speaking in tongues. It was the part when Woody, I'm sorry, I'm so embarrassed. But you have to know where I was in my life at the time. He was on the conveyor belt. And him and all the rest of them, they were trying to get off the conveyor belt because they were on their way into the fire. And after doing everything they could to get off of the belt, they finally resolved that this is it. And they all grabbed hands, said it's been a good ride. And at the moment, they thought they were going into the fire. A hand reached out. I 
I pray you will be the hands of Jesus. I pray you will be the hands of Jesus. I pray that you will be the hands of Jesus. Snatching them out of the fire. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.